0: I'm an editor with Light Reading and I am here with
1: uh, John Janka from Viasat. I'm responsible for our government affairs and regulatory function.
0: Awesome. Well, welcome, John. Thank you so much for spending some time with me here at Satellite 2023. It's nice to be reminded what year it is everywhere you look. It's helpful. I, I need that. I don't know about you. Um, so why don't you tell me a little bit about what you all are doing here at the conference and just a quick update on, on Viasat.
1: I think generally what we're doing is, is trying to raise awareness of the opportunities that exist for the satellite industry going forward mm-hmm. and also talk about some of the changes we need to see to enable those opportunities to be realized.
0: Well, that's a great uh, way to start. Tell me about some of those opportunities you're excited about to start with.
1: So, I think we're in an age where, you know, satellites have provided a lot of critical functionality for many years, but the needs are evolving uh, in the world for communications and satellite systems are now responding to those needs. So there are, you know, many things that were done by satellite over the years that may not be critical to be done by satellite anymore. And there are a bunch of compelling new needs that are enabled by technology that we need to evolve to. And, and the real energy that needs to be spent is on changing the mindset about what satellite can do, not thinking about what we did five, ten years ago, but thinking about the differences we can make today, five, ten years from now, and then making sure that our regulations and our laws and our spectrum policies are forward-looking, not backward-looking.
0: Okay, so I assume you might be referring to one of the big topics at this conference, which is direct-to-device communications via satellite. I was just at a panel about can LEOs power autonomous vehicles. So there's all of this excitement here about how low-Earth orbit satellites can power the Internet of Things, phones. Is that the new opportunity you're seeing ahead?
1: Yeah, but it's a little broader than you just described. It's a great great point. Um, The direct device opportunity is huge, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not just something that can be done by low-Earth orbit satellites. That's a popular misconception. We think of, of GEOs and LEOs as being two different tools in the toolbox. Right? At home you have a toolbox, you have a hammer, and you have a pair of pliers. And you don't try to use the pliers to drive a nail, and you don't try to...
0: That's what I'm doing wrong. So,
1: <laughs> that's <hard. laughs> So that's how we're thinking about satellite technology. Okay. Each of them has a valuable benefit to bring, and when we're thinking about directive to device there are possibilities now to do this at LEO and at GEO, and we want the policies to enable all those new opportunities.
0: Okay, so let's talk about what some of those policies need to look like. What are you gonna be advocating for in the satellite space policy-wise?
1: So there's a couple of things we're focused on. Uh, One, uh, there's a lot of work that's being done on ensuring the harmonious coexistence of LEOs and GEOs because we share the same spectrum. Well, when we're thinking about how we share, how we coexist, it's really important to be thinking about the applications of the future, not just the applications of the past. So if you think about Mm direct-to-device, that's gonna be done over, what, a a small antenna, something to a car, your cell phone. It's not gonna be done over the big dish that used to be mounted on the gas station to verify your credit card. So we need to start thinking about when we develop these rules, what are the use cases? What are the antennas? And how do we protect those use cases when we're dealing with coexistence?
0: Okay, very interesting. So one other topic I expected to hear about at this show, but haven't really yet, is rural broadband and the role that LEO and other satellite services are playing in in, uh, delivering broadband Mm -hmm. to unserved and underserved areas. Um, I would love to hear a little update on, on VIASAT's work in, in that regard and also how you see that going forward, especially now that the U.S. is sort of focused on getting fiber to a lot of these underserved and underserved regions.
1: Well, it's a great question. Uh, we have participated in some of the programs that are designed to bring more affordable connectivity to areas that are otherwise left behind, yeah. as have some other satellite operators. Uh, the The most recent program is heavily biased toward fiber, yeah. and I think we would be the first ones to say, if you can get fiber to your home, that's terrific, mm-hmm. right? We, we all would like that. Unfortunately, there's lots of places where it's cost prohibitive to bring fiber to the premises, and those are probably the most needy parts of America. Mm-hmm. In terms of broadband connectivity, right. so our concern is that if you're developing a program to bring connectivity to the unserved, focusing on the on the most needy parts makes more sense to us than focusing on the areas that can be fiber. Right.
0: Right.
1: Um, so we're we're continuing to discuss with folks how to develop those policies, and most importantly making sure that there are competitive processes for these things mm-hmm. so that different types of satellite operators can compete for the opportunity. Yeah. And you know, may the most cost effective service win. Right. Right? Because we're talking about taxpayer dollars being used and our view is you should get the most bang for your taxpayer dollar right. when it comes to service.
0: So um, another issue that I thought a lot of about this year is the role of satellite connectivity in disaster zones, in war zones. Um, It's super important and we're we're always seeing when something goes wrong, a satellite player comes into an environment and and stands up satellite service. I'd love to know just your thoughts on that in general, how we can sort of formalize that process so that there is a satellite player ready to go when something goes wrong or a war unfortunately starts or X, Y, Z. Um, I just want to know how you guys at Viasat are thinking about the role of your services in disaster recovery and in emergencies.
1: I think the beauty to satellite service in general, including our service, is you can get a terminal mobilized and set up very quickly, Mm -hmm. so it's not so much an issue with the, the satellite operator or the satellite service, it's more making sure you have arrangements so those terminals, the, the antennas, are available and ready to be mobilized on moment's notice. So uh, we're talking to various folks in the government about trying to make sure that the, the uh, disaster recovery organizations, the aid organizations, have kits ready. So when disaster strikes, nobody needs to ask. They can just go deploy uh, and set up and turn service on quickly. That's great. We've done pretty well with it so far, but there's obviously room for improvement.
0: So one last question I had for you. I think there's a Viasat-3 launch happening. Am I correct about that? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, we've been very proud of the advances we've made in satellite technology development, and our Viasat-3 satellite is the most advanced satellite we've deployed and we believe the most advanced satellite the world has seen. And a couple of the huge advantages it has is putting massive amounts of, of capacity through a satellite. Mm-hmm. Should be four times better performing than the best satellite in orbit today, which means that the cost per bit is lower, okay. which means that you can provide better service and more service and new levels of service. Okay, that's and this is really really an example of the way the satellite industry is responding to increasing demand is by putting up more capable systems. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll see us continue to evolve as we go forward because you you have to meet the needs of the consumers.
0: That's for sure. Well, um, I'm looking forward to seeing that launch, and I really appreciate you taking some time to chat with us today. Right, thank, thank you, you so very much. much.